Everyone doing? Good? Excellent. Great. Well, I'm happy to be here on this uh, first day of August. Is anyone excited? Yeah? August? All right. Great. Good. And I have to apologize in advance. I apologize in advance because I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast this morning. So uh, if you don't mind, do you mind if I eat breakfast while I preach? No one's going to tell Rob, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat breakfast. I'm going to eat my favorite breakfast right here. And we know what these Twinkies. I know it's Matt Grid- Goodrich's favorite too, right? Favorite food. All right, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to eat while I'm here. It'll save me some time. Multitask, killing two birds with one stone. Uh, no, not today. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I absolutely loved these Twinkies. I loved them. They were so awesome. They were delicious. Oh, I'm sorry. If you have a kid and if you want to go to the Roots program, you are dismissed. <laughs> they want my Twinkies, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, um, when I was a kid, I loved these Twinkies. I maybe ate too ma- I probably ate too many of them. And um, what, what, what was happening was that uh, we lived in Rockland County. And how many people are here from Rockland County? All right. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah, let's give them a round of applause. It's great. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Rockland County, and we would go shopping at the, the Pathmark that's in Nanuet. You know that Pathmark in Nanuet? Yep. So I, we'd go shopping there, and I would, I would be looking forward to having these Twinkies, and I would have already eaten lunch, but you know how it is when you're a kid. You already eat lunch, but then when you go to the, sho- when you go to the, the grocery store, what do you want? You're ready to eat again. You're starving. So when you walk through the aisles... All parents know this. They put all, guess where they put all the goodies and things? Like in the eyesight of the kids, right? So while the kids are walking around, they're able to see all the Twinkies and all these things that are there. So uh, I would see all these things, and I would just have finished my lunch, and I'd be like, Mom, Dad, can you buy me some of these Twinkies? I'm starving. I'm so hungry. I'm, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm hungry. And then they say no, and I get even more desperate, and I'm like, you don't buy me anything. You guys heard that before? And I would cry and be like, I want to have one. And my parents, they, they, they weren't a fan of, of eating junk food. Um, they grew up in a different country, so they didn't grow up eating like packaged food and, and canned foods and things. And um, I, they would always tell me, why on earth, why would you want to eat something that comes in a package? Right? Why would you want to eat something in a package? Why do you need fresh food? And I was a smart guy when I was young, so I was like, well, this is all about science. It's scientific. They, they create this in a lab. It's, they, it's manufactured. Every single Twinkie looks exactly the same. It has the same taste, the same texture, the same color. How could he not want one? So then they would give in, and then they would buy it for me, right? And then uh, guess who couldn't wait to get home to eat it? So, so I couldn't wait. And I would get in the car and be like, can I just have one now before I go, before I go home? So then um, I would get in the car, and, I, and I would, they would let me have one. So I would open it up. Do we have that picture of the Twinkies still? So I would open it up, and you would take that first bite. You'll be like, oh, this is so good. This, this sponge cake, yellow, delicious goodness, creamy, sweet vanilla, filling, it just melts in your mouth, right? Just melts in your mouth. So you would have one, and that wouldn't be enough, right? So you'd always have to have two, right? So, so I would have the next one, and the same thing would happen. I would eat and be like, oh, wow, this is so good. Maybe I shouldn't have had that. 
but then you need to have a third. So then I would have a third, and I would be like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And then when you get older, you know, you read the, the list of ingredients on this, and you can't pronounce half these things, and you're like, what, what have I done? Why, why did I do this? You see, there's a difference. You could take the picture down. I don't want you guys to get hungry. Well, I appreciate There's a difference between needs and wants. There's a difference between needs and wants. And I thought this was my need. I needed this. As a kid who didn't know better, I knew what I was, I was convinced that I needed this, despite what my parents said. And you know, in the same way, we think we know what we want from God. We think we know what we want from God. So what we do is we self-direct our own spirituality, our own growth, and our own lives. And sometimes we only come to God for the things we, we think we need to have or the experiences that we want. We come to God for things and experiences. I thought Twinkies were what I needed, right, from my parents. So I came to my parents for that. For some of you who wake up in the morning on a Sunday morning, the first thing, you, you know, you wake up, you get out of bed and be like, I can't wait to get to church because they have coffee and bagels and butter croissants. And if you're uh, an aficionado of blueberry bagels like me, you know that only one in every ten delis carry them. So I think about coming here because if I'm lucky, there might be one blueberry bagel in the stack. So I have to, I have to hope and pray that I get that. Sometimes we only pray when we need something. We only pray when we need something. Maybe it's money or a job or getting into, into college. And these are all good things. These are all things that we need to ask God for. But is that the only time we come to God? Sometimes we long for experiences. We long for experiences with God. There's this high experience, and we think to the past about times that we've experienced God in the past, and we say, oh, if only I can go back to that time, that is what I need. And we're forgetting that God can be present here in the, in the current times. How presumptuous it is of us. How presumptuous it is of us. We think... We know what we want from God. But although we think we know what's best for us, God knows what we need. Although we think we know what's best for us, God knows what we need. So today we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that has to do with an interaction between a people who thought they knew what they wanted from God but God really knew what they needed. We're going to take a look at a passage. So I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 6, verses 24 to 35. John 6, 24 to 35. I'll read it. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. 
Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So just to give you a little bit of background, this encounter is taking place right after the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You guys remember that, right? The feeding of the 5,000. So basically what happened was Jesus was performing all these miracles and signs and wonders and he was healing people and giving sight to the blind and healing the lame and the crippled. And, and all these things were happening and they all didn't know who Jesus was, but crowds started to follow Jesus. And they all went to the Sea of Galilee and, and sat on the hillside, which is like this big amphitheater, and they were listening to his teaching. And all of a sudden, they wanted Jesus to become their king because they were in a time of political turmoil. And they said, hey, we, maybe we can make Jesus our king. He's able to uh, do miracles for us. In the miracle, he took a few pieces of bread and loaves of fish and multiplied them and gave them dinner that night. But they said, hey, maybe this Jesus can, can provide for us if he was our king. If he was our king, maybe he could heal us all the time. If he was our king, he could teach us all the time. So in this passage, there are three questions that the people ask Jesus. We're going to take a look at that. The first question was, Rabbi, when did you get here? Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. So, the people were asking this question, Rabbi, when did you get here? And I can only imagine they were asking that question because they weren't really concerned about Jesus. They were concerned about what Jesus could provide them. They probably went up to Jesus and said, Oh, Jesus, it's so great to see you here. I'm so glad you're here. Do you know that it's almost lunchtime again? Do you think you can help us out? But Jesus said, Don't be concerned about perishable foods. Well, actually, this, this can last like 25 years. This is, there's no expiration date on this, right? Don't be concerned about perishable foods. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that comes from the Son of Man. Seek eternal life. So Jesus was saying, don't go, don't, I'm not telling you to stop going to work and stop getting, going for your, for your job and getting money to, to, to work for physical food, but your pursuit should be even greater, 
It should be even greater. It should be at a higher level. Think in terms of the eternal, not just in terms of the finite. Because you are a spiritual being. There's transcendence. There's more out there. It's kind of like convincing a young person who's saving up all their money to buy a smartphone that's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, just trying to convince them, be like, hey, why, you know, why are you spending all that money for that phone? Why didn't you just save it for college? Think in terms of something bigger. So Jesus said, while you think you have a need for bread just for your physical survival, there is more that you need, and that is for your eternal survival. And that is the life that Jesus gives. So the next question they asked was, we want to perform God's works too. What shall we do? And then Jesus said, the only work God wants from you is to believe in the one he has sent. So the people are like, we want to perform these miracles too. Can we multiply bread? Can, 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 what is the right formula to, to please God? What do I have to do? Just tell me the straight answer. Just cut to the chase and just let me know. But Jesus said the only work is to believe in the one he has sent. To believe in him. And you know what? That's not even work. To believe in Jesus is not even work. That's actually receiving something. It's actually receiving. It's like if I were to say to my son, Maxwell, I'll give you all the blessings I have. I'll give you food. I'll take care of your education. I'll do all these things. But the only work I'm going to ask you to do is to give me a hug. That's receiving. It's not work. And the last thing that the people asked was to show us a sign. Show us a sign. What can you do? And they got really bold with God and they said, all right, prove it. And we assume maybe all of their intentions weren't right. They just wanted to see some miracles performed. They, they answered in verse 30, Show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us his bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Didn't you guys just see this miracle? This is the same group of people that yesterday just saw this miracle of the feeding of, of the 5,000. They just ate all this bread that, that materialized out of nowhere. The same group as before, but yet again they're demanding a sign because they forgot the one that Jesus had just already provided. You see, back in those days, bread was a staple food. Bread was a staple food. There would be these big loaves of bread that they would eat with every single meal. And you couldn't get through a day without it because it provided you carbs, it didn't go bad, it gave you energy, and these people walked around all the time. And just to recap what they were talking about, they, they started to reference Moses, the story of Moses. And just to recap what that was, uh, when Moses was with the people of Israel, uh, the, the, the people 
of Israel in the, uh, in the wilderness, uh, they didn't have food. They didn't have food. So God provided for them manna, which appeared like dew every morning. And they would go out and they would collect this. And they were only able to collect what they needed for that day and they would make bread with that. But Jesus reminded the people that Moses didn't give them true bread. It was, that God, it was God. That that bread was for their physical need. For their physical need. But Jesus gives them the true bread of life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I think I have a picture of real bread. Do we have that up there? That looks a lot different than this, right? These actually, what, what happens to minions when they die? Anyone know? <laughs> Sorry. There's a picture of a minion on it. See, it looks like minions. Um, Jesus is saying that he is the only satisfaction for human life, for the human desire for life. See, these people wanted Jesus to be their miracle worker, their healer, their teacher, their king, and their good example. But Jesus explains how he himself meets all of their needs. Don't seek Jesus just for the things that he can give. But seek Jesus for what he might be to you. Don't seek Jesus just for the things that he can give you. But seek Jesus for, the, for how he himself, what he might be to you. Are you seeking God for the wrong motives? Are you seeking God for only the things that you want, that you think will meet your needs for the things that are like the fast food? Do you come to Jesus only when you want to demand that, that he show up to give you something? What are the true motives of your heart? Is it for a relationship? Is it for forgiveness, significance, wealth, security, acceptance, identity? Do you seek these things? Because these things aren't all bad and we need to seek Christ for these things in our life. But the real question is, what is the posture of your heart? What is the posture of your heart? I think I have a, a picture of hands, right? Do you come to church or do you come to God seeking because you want him to give you things? And you think that if you have those things, you will be fulfilled. Do you come to Jesus demanding like these people, Oh God, what can you do for me? What can I take from you with hands over? What can I take or do we come to Jesus with open hands, with open hands and come to him and say, Jesus, I'm ready to receive you. I need you. I need your bread. And I know if I trust you, you will take care of all of our needs. A few weeks ago, uh, Hyde preached. And does anyone remember what he preached on? He, he preached on hunger. Right? And he asked, what is it that you hunger for? What is it that you hunger for? Our hunger points to Jesus. And sometimes when we try to fill our hunger in ways of this world or try to find fast food and fast thrills that meet that need, it, it leaves us empty. Sometimes we seek those things in the world that lead us to addiction and sin and destruction. 
and emptiness. And, and, and we might think we have a high that's temporary. But the, at the end of the day, like eating one of these, you feel empty and you're still hungry and you're still starving. Or do you come to Jesus demanding a sign first and you say, wait, I, I, Jesus, I need to see a sign first. Like the crowds, have, have you forgotten all the miracles that Jesus has already done in the past? Have we forgotten the miracle that Jesus has done yesterday? Have we forgotten all the times he's healed us, all the times he's transformed us, all the times he's changed us? And not just us, we could just look around to other people and see these other miracles. I'm sure if we were to go around the room, we'd be able to share our testimonies of times that he's healed us, times that he's transformed us, times that miracles have happened. Have we forgotten these signs? Have we forgotten these miracles? Or do you come to Jesus looking for a magic formula? You ask God, what is it I have to do? What work do I have to do? If I can only be good enough, if I can only be pure enough, if I can only be holy enough, if I can only be a Christian enough. But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty Number one, seek him alone first. Seek him alone first. Seek Jesus alone first. Not just his stuff. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Two, don't just demand signs, but take a look and believe all the existing signs and miracles that he's done in your life. And keep your eyes open to all the miracles and signs that he is going to do in your future. And three, instead of doing work to try to achieve something, just accept him and receive him. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The question I have for you today is, do you have this hunger for Jesus? Do you have this hunger for Jesus deep inside your heart? You might say to me, Jeremy, I have no idea what you're talking about. All I know is I'm coming to church and you're talking about Twinkies and you're talking about bagels and you're talking about bread. I'm so hungry right now. What are you talking about? What if you say to me, Jeremy, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have this hunger that's deep in my heart. What do I do? Well, I want to paint a picture for you. I want to paint a picture for you for what that looks like. I want to challenge you today to go out and discover this hunger for Christ, whether you've been a Christian all your life, whether you just started following Jesus, or whether you haven't started that journey yet, and you're hungry and you're ready. When I was a teenager, I had this desire to want to have significance, to want to have an identity. 
to want to be filled by these thrills and these things of the world. So I went to parties. I did all these things. And I tried to fill myself. But the more and more I did that, I ended up getting depressed. And all these things just backfired. Backfired in front of my face. And I fell flat on the floor. To the point I finally gave up. And he said, Jesus, I'm done. I'm done seeking the fast food of this world. I need a hunger for the food that you provide. I need a hunger for you. And I finally surrendered my will and what I thought, what I thought I needed. See, I grew up in in church and uh, grew up going to Sunday school. And uh, the Sunday school I grew up in was very different than the Roots program here. The Sunday school I grew up in was actually like school. So after church, you would go there and, for Sunday school and, and learn all these lessons. But then we would get quizzes and exams and grades. And they would average our scores. And then whoever came in first and second and third place, like we would get prizes. So I thought that was great. Just memorize 10 Bible verses and you get a prize, like a remote control car or a board game. So I thought, wow, wow, this is cool. And someone got this bright idea, like, hey, we probably shouldn't give kids remote control cars. Maybe we should give them something, something more solid, like a Christian book or, or a theological book. So I started getting all these like, books as prizes, and they were all like theological books, and I was only in elementary school. I didn't read them. So I would, just, I would just grab all these books and go home and stack them on my bookshelf. And they would just be stacked there collecting dust. You know, I, I had no, no use for them. But later on in life, after I had surrendered my need, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit filled me and I started to have this insatiable appetite and this hunger for Jesus that came out of nowhere. This wasn't me. I don't like reading books. And all of a sudden, I started taking these books and I started reading them about grace and salvation and all these things. I I didn't know where, where that was coming from. That was not me. And I had a stack of all these Bibles, all these like cartoon Bibles and adventure Bibles and good news Bibles. I had all these things. And I said, okay, I'm going to get rid of all these Bibles and I'm just going to keep one. And, and, and when I was like 17 or 18, I would come to church with my Bible and my notebook and I would take notes and I would have this hunger, this hunger deep inside of me to want to have this bread. And I would write down notes and go home and spend time with the Lord. It was this appetite that the Holy Spirit had birthed inside of me. Sure, I've been through hardships, but once you are filled with the bread of Christ, you are fulfilled, you are content, you are satisfied. And there's a peace that comes despite the outside circumstances. Sure, there are ups and downs, and sometimes the the desire is not as strong, but it never leaves you completely because what happens is that the Holy Spirit connects your spirit to God's spirit and it interacts with you and it, and it transforms you and it changes you and it awakens your heart to have a desire for not just the physical but for the things that are eternal and for the things that are spiritual. Once you have been filled with Jesus, you have found that which you have always been searching for. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The human condition can only, can only be satisfied by Jesus. He fulfills our need. He is our savior. He is our sanctifier. He is our healer. 
He's our coming king. Because when you eat this bread, you are fulfilled. Meaning you don't need anything else anymore. And your deepest need is met. Amen? I'm going to invite Josh to come up and the band to come up to get ready for the next song. How does Jesus meet this need? How does Jesus meet this desire? Through forgiveness, through his peace, through eternal life. Not being alone, being filled with his joy. He's our savior because he forgives us. He forgives us and gives us eternal life and saves us from our condition of sin, both in the past, in the present, and in the future. He is our sanctifier because he changes us from the inside out. He transforms us. He takes the things out that are old and puts in things that are new. And he changes our character. He is our healer because he heals us both physically and emotionally and fixes our woundedness from our past and fixes our pains and our hurts. And he is our coming king because he has defeated the enemy in our life and gives us confidence and authority and citizenship that is in heaven as his sons and daughters. My challenge to you is this. Go and develop a hunger. Go and develop a hunger and this need to be filled by Jesus. Get to a point in your life where you will starve without him. Get to a point in your life where you will starve without him. I think I have a a picture of a man praying here. Get to a point in your life where you will starve without him. If I go a few days without being filled by him, I know that there's something wrong. I'm empty. I'm still hungry. I'm still desperate. You see, we don't have to go out to find God. We don't have to go out somewhere on a spiritual pursuit, on a journey to go out and find God. Because in the busyness, because in the craziness, because in the distraction of our life, God comes to find us. Amen? God comes to find us time and time again. He comes to our time and He meets us to reawaken us to our need for Him, to reawaken our spirit what we're longing for time and time again. What kind of moments are those? We know what those moments are. Those are what? Kairos moments. These are opportunities where God comes into our life again, again, and again to pursue us, to awaken us. And you know what the awesome thing is? Jesus, the bread of life, is bountiful. It's unlimited. It's unlimited. It's bountiful. His body was broken. There is abundance and it's here over and over again, always and forever. The question I have for you is, what is the cry of your heart? What is the cry of your heart? Just like these people that Jesus was talking about, they said, sir, give us his bread every day. Is that the cry of your heart? Do you cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, give me this bread every day. Like the woman at the well, give me this water every day. Give me this bread every single day. Because you will never hunger. You will never thirst Again, no matter what the circumstance in your life, no matter what the condition of your life, you will never be hungry again. You will never thirst again. No matter the status of your job, no matter the family that you grew up in, no matter the poverty that you faced, you will never be hungry or thirst again. No matter the failures of your past, no matter the sin from your past, you will never be hungry or thirst again. No matter if you lack material things, you will never hunger or thirst again. No matter how much of yourself, how much has been taken away from your life 
or how much you have given to others. No matter how empty you feel, you will never hunger or thirst again. Amen? When we look around the world today, we see that everyone is running on empty. Everyone is running on empty. Empty hearts, empty souls, empty lives. Their gas tank indicator, if they had one, is always on empty. You know that slogan from from Dunkin' Donuts, America runs on Dunkin'? Right? America runs on Dunkin'? I have a three-month-old. I have to go to Dunkin' Donuts every other day to get coffee and, and things to stay awake. But you know what? How about instead of America runs on Dunkin', how about America runs on Jesus? Amen? We need to be a people that are filled, that are satisfied by His bread, that are satisfied with His joy and His presence so that we might flow in abundance out to a community that is desperate, that is in need for a Savior, that is looking for it. Today's salvation is here. Today's salvation is here for all who want to receive and the Holy Spirit is here and His presence is here to awaken our hearts to the bread of life, our source, our salvation. Jesus, the bread of life, is here. Never be hungry again. Never thirst again. Let's all stand together as we close in worship.